welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Right, so welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. And today, just me and Shredded Ed. Just us, mate. Lonely sailors. Yeah, yeah. We have no guests, and we have no of the other regular people here. That's what happens when you record on a Saturday night. They're all out partying, no doubt. Well, yeah, no doubt. All that <laughs> Captain Giant Super Rats again. <laughs> Morgan's probably knocking down his shed, knocking down his next panel or whatever it is, the bomb shelter yeah. in his garden. <laughs> it's only one, well, it's one panel a night, and it? it's you know, it's enough neat. <laughs> yeah, reinforced concrete. Uh, How sweet, there, mate. Yeah, good. Um, just coming towards the end of a, a little mini cut, so uh, been on an, an aggressive diet for uh, three and a half weeks now. Um, dropped five, five kilos. Yeah, five, five kilos. Five kilos in really? three and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah. So pretty aggressive. Eleven pounds um, odd. Yeah, yeah. So not too bad at all. Pretty happy, really. Started, wow, started to see some abs. Um, they'll probably disappear again by next week, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a very fast uh, weight loss, actually. Yeah, 11 pounds, that's incredible. Yeah, I was quite surprised. Sort of eating 2,100 calories a day, a little refeed one day a week, an extra 100 grams of carbs, 800 calories of cardio. Um, yeah, it's, it's not been too bad, actually. It's not been too bad. I think when I did my mini cup, I went to Nice, which was like, ended up being 25 days, I think. It's not quite four weeks, but I think I did. I can't remember how many pounds I did now, but eight, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that's some some good going. Yeah, I didn't do any. I didn't do any cardio though. No, no. no I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't really. I've just been count. I've I've started playing hockey again, so I've just mm. kind of counted that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bit cheeky and naughty, I suppose. But I hate treadmills. No, it's not. <laughs> mate, it's, it's activity. You move around. That's the point, isn't yeah. it? And it luckily started on the day my dieting started. So. Yeah. Well, the best uh, the best form of cardio you can do is something you actually enjoy. Let's be honest. Exactly. So running around, chasing balls. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I did see a little clip on your media. I thought, oh, that boy might have a little bit of talent. <laughs> but I can control the ball quite nicely. I can stop it. <laughs> but you, you obviously used to play with balls. That's all I can say. Well, practice with sticking balls. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's cool, mate. That's um, good. So, what's your plans after the mini cut then? Say, so... uh, get soft and squishy again. Um, just bulk, probably for another three or four months. See what see what we're looking like. Uh, see what the boss says. Uh, yeah, and we're just just trying to add size. So it's a long, slow process until next year, yeah. and then we can get shredded together. I asked, I asked you this already, but for the listeners, so whose idea was it to mini cut? Um, coach suggested it, but I've been thinking about it for a few weeks. I just I, the reason why I have a coach is so I don't have to think. Um, I don't have to think about myself, and I just kind of let somebody else deal with all that, and it means I can focus more effort into my work and stuff like that. So I've been thinking about it for a few weeks because I was getting a bit soft, but then he said, right, come on, let's mini cut. Um, yeah, so I suppose it was mutual, but he initiated. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's a actually good point because I think like a lot of people think it's really strange. Like, why, why would a coach need a coach? Now, surely you know everything. You don't need to, to, to have someone to tell you, but it's not about that, is it? No, no. I, I think it's down to accountability for one and just purely the fact that I don't have to think about my own body. I don't have to second-guess myself. Yeah. Or anything like that, yeah. Yeah, so. I think I like a lot of dieting is psychological. I think when you're emotionally invested, you can't really have a fair opinion a lot of the time. 
like you know for well sometimes if someone came to you with kind of some of the issues or problems or even questions second guesses you put it like you would have you'd probably go right well look at the facts this 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 here's your answer but when it's yourself i personally that is my experience it's so difficult to do that because you just think oh the 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 wet and the scales isn't moving i've got cut calories i've got cut calories but you know you're in a calorie deficit but yeah but obviously the scale's not moving so i need to cut it and it's you need someone with like a, a an objective opinion without any emotion involved to say no, you don't stick, stay the process kind of scenario, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes you, you need somebody to tell you kind of what you're doing might not be most advanta- advantageous as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like, I mean, we've joked with you about always being in a mini cut. And, uh, <laughs> 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 Aaron, he's on a mini cut again. <laughs> Forever a mini cut. Like, it's just a lot of things like that, isn't it? You know, you do might need somebody to say, you know, you're in too big of a calorie deficit or you might need to stop being a maintenance or, or whatever. So Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's, obviously, that's exactly like, um, uh, what's his face, Aiden, in, obviously, in the group today. Mm. So he's talking around, obviously, oh, I've, I've been dieting and my strength numbers are going up and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why are you dieting then? Like, if you want your strength numbers gone, you want to bulk, don't cut carbs, go into a calorie sur- uh, surplus. You know, that's going to get you where you want to go. It's like, you know that, but you just can't bring yourself to do it. You just got to kind of think, actually, do you know what? Light bulb moment, you're right. I know the answer. I've just got to commit to it. Yeah, yeah, and that's something I've kind of been preaching on my on my socials this last couple of weeks. Is you got to prioritize and organize your goals to what you what you want most. So if you're wanting to add size, stop dieting, um, unless you're like massively obese or something. But um, you know, if if you're a, a happy weight and a happy body composition, then stop dieting. Commit to the bulk. Um, if you're wanting to diet, then do that. Stop trying to bulk up your calories every couple of days. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, to be fair, we obviously when we were chatting before this, we started recording, you know, I've said to myself, when you come from a place where you've dieted for a long time and feel probably that you've kind of got to a place where you feel happy and comfortable like with your body, it's quite difficult to think that your long-term goal is counter to that and that you have to now start moving away back to, oh, actually, I'm a bit, you know, because you do get a bit worried about, oh, I'm not going to lose my abs or, you know, I'm not going to be as lean as I was or these kind of scenarios. And it's, it's really difficult to take when you feel you've worked so hard to get there. Yeah, I think even at a higher level than that, not so much just a case of, oh, I'm going to lose my abs. I mean, Cocky P would probably be able to talk about this a lot better because he's come from somebody who wasn't very happy with his body down to somewhere where he's relatively happy, but now he's committing to a nice long bulk to try and add some muscle mass. Like, he's not got down to, like, a shredded size or to um, having, like, a six-pack or anything like that. But, um, yeah, he, he's, he's got down to a point where he's happy and he... He's in his head. I think he's got to the point where he can move back up again uh, in yeah. weight a little bit. So sorry, yeah. I just had a call come through on my laptop. It threw me there. <laughs> it's alright. I think. Um, yeah. I, I mean. Yeah, and I don't think I was too dissimilar. My own personal experience is too dissimilar. But other than I did get pretty lean, but I was also realised how very fucking small I was. Mm. You know, you don't realise how little muscle mass you hold sometimes until you kind of get rid of a lot of the fat. Like you've seen some of the pictures of me when. I got down to about, I mean, bear in mind, like, at the minute, my weight is holding at about 177 pounds-ish at the minute. So I've had a little bit of an increase this week, but it's been around the 175, 177, probably for the last three or four weeks now, um, even though I've been incrementing calories. But I got down to about, at the time, three years ago, probably, I think it was about 163. Yeah. So, you know, a good stone lighter than I am now. Um, But I was pretty shredded, like... Uh, on those pictures, I think I was pretty shredded, but it's just like I didn't look shredded because I just looked small. Yeah, you know? yeah. Look, look, look so tiny. I think obviously you guys all joked, "Who's that skinny kid?" 
you look back and go, oh, actually, I really need to commit to some sort of bulking phase here, like a prolonged period of time. Like, And we all know it needs to probably be years, not just a few weeks to actually put on a substantial amount of size. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I mean, like, it's amazing, I think, when you do get really lean or when you do start to shed the fat, like how how little muscle mass you have. Maybe, um, maybe, can we can we when we, on the for the YouTube video? Can we pop in a little picture here? <laughs> yeah. a little skinny kid picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is pretty pretty amazing. Like when you, I mean, even just in the last three or four weeks, I thought, oh yeah, you know what? I'm getting in a nice bit of size here, and I was like, oh no, I've been eating a lot of carbs. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it's not so much that I've been piling on muscle mass because now I'm a little bit depleted and I've started losing the fat again. I'm like, oh, yeah, still skinny. <laughs> yeah, still, still very small. <laughs> uh, well, I think that segues quite nicely onto what we want to talk about today. So um, we, we were just going to go through dieting methods. Yeah, yeah. So obviously we've got a list of popular dieting methods, which I thought would be really cool just to talk through around what they are, um, how they work, kind of what do we like them or do we not like them and the reasons why so let's just rattle through them shall we we're yeah. at time almost and uh hopefully the, the the listeners the viewers will get a bit of a feel for a trend yeah so i think we might have some here that you might not have heard of um <laughs> for good reasons probably <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully but there's, there's there's some common ones i mean this isn't about sort of shaming diets you might be doing one now and it's it's i think it's good to just be <laughs> shaking his head yeah it is about shaming them <laughs> um yeah so i know i think it, if you are doing one of these we're not saying don't do it we're just saying here's the reason why it works and you know you might and, think about why, it. and the reason why it maybe doesn't work yeah 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 because you might be doing one and you're like i'm dieting why am i not losing weight we've all been there we think we're with dieting like oh i've cut out chocolate why have i not lost weight because you started eating cheesecake instead <laughs> um you know so uh, shall i go for the first one so at the top of my list i've added a few extras um, i've got tea diets um so these are kind of oh, booty and and there's so many different makes now i think they started doing coffee um yeah there's so so many and basically they're telling you to drink their tea alongside a healthy meal uh, or drink the tea as a replacement um, not always as a replacement it's quite often just alongside food isn't it but and then they like they give you a restriction of what food you can eat uh, and stuff like that yeah i think that, i think the, the basic premise is around detoxing right hence like tea tox yeah and booty and you know like you say detox coffee now because obviously coffee is cool as fuck yeah, yeah. so uh interesting little kind of segue on that i suppose is um so I got to my day job at the shop and I opened up the cupboard and there was one of these coffees that was like a, a detox coffee. And on it, it was <laughs> one of my, the girl who works for me. She's, she's hilarious. And she wrote something like fat bitches tea on it or something or a coffee, leave it alone. Um, and I sort of took a photo of it and I was like, what the fuck is this? And this was before <laughs> we'd properly talked about like my nutrition and, um, and kind of my job and stuff. And, uh, and she's been on my four week challenge and she's lost like five kilos on it. And I was like, 
And so how many kilos did you lose drinking that coffee, which was like 30 quid a bag? <laughs> and how, like, you've just done this for free and you've lost all this weight. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, you just ruined the surprise, but <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, these things are mostly diuretic, aren't they? They mostly just make you shit yourself, don't they? Uh, yeah. A lot of the well, or, or yeah, shit yourself or just dehydrate yourself. So that's how the, the premise of the work. And, you know, like detox. That's where you've got a liver and some yeah. kidneys. They do a pretty damn fine job of detoxing. And I think if you were toxic, you'd probably want to go to a hospital or see a doctor. You know? So, uh, yeah, because I think your liver, if, if, basically if you've got something toxic inside of you, you're probably going to need something a bit more than a tea to help yourself out. Maybe some sort of pharmaceuticals or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, okay, so that's what they are, the premise, I guess. That's why maybe you see... Uh, some some weight loss, obviously diuretics and uh, making you shit yourself. Why else might they work then? I guess because they often they just say eat a balanced and healthy diet alongside it. Um, a lot of the time, so, so the balanced and healthy diet that might also be making them lose weight, not necessarily the tea. Yeah, so I mean, so, I suppose it, it could work if it's making you more health conscious. It's a bit like the body coach; he's making people more health conscious and making people think about things, whether his methods are the best and work perfectly. Maybe it's making things. I'm playing devil's advocate there. Maybe it's making people think about things more. Yeah. Did you see? Right, so, uh, side note: but Did you see? Actually admitted, Dan Meat posted uh, something on my thing saying, "Actually admitted, oh, do high intensity for so many sessions a day." Eat well, and maybe you'll create a small calorie deficit, and you'll lose weight. There's like fucking hell, he admitted it. He admitted <laughs> calorie deficit. Yeah, that was incredible. So I was like, wow. Like, I just don't know how, how it's taken you so long, mate. You've been trolled, you've been hated for so many years now. Why is it taking this long to suddenly think maybe these people are fucking right? Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet that got deleted straight away when he's walked some team story. Probably. <laughs> what calorie deficit? No, it's too easy. You've told him the secret. Delete it. Well, we don't need to talk yeah. about the rest of the podcast now. No, yeah, fuck it. I've done exactly what I said not to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Shit in hell. Anyway, yeah. I've also made this very parental advisory again. I can't. <laughs> yes. I'm damn potty mouth. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, detox diets might work if you put yourself in a calorie deficit. There we go. All right. I get. So, we, what's on your next list? Should we move on the shakes? That feels like it moves quite well. Yeah, yeah. So the likes of Herbalife, Arbon, which has become my um, quite new hatred uh, topic, Arbon. I think the reps are worse than the Herbalife reps. Honestly, I genuinely do. I think the more I speak to Arbon reps, I think the more brainwashed they sound. Yeah, I think they've gone for a special breed of retardedness. Yeah, yeah. Sorry if any of you are reps, but uh, you're not doing yourself any favours. <laughs> no, I think... Um, yeah okay well obviously like those those the type of diets where um you are meal replacements i suppose meal replacement shakes most of them um i think it's fair to say that these are my personal feelings and i haven't seen it actually but um the new netflix drama or not drama a show the what's the guy the uh stock market guy oh this this sounds awful because it sounds like i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but um one a fund manager didn't he bet a load of money that Herbalife won't be in existence in certain amount of years. Um, and there's a Netflix documentary now out on it. So if you haven't seen or heard about it, go watch it because apparently it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Because um, well, it's based on the fact that he bet something like, 
millions of quid that like he basically hedged hedged the millions of quid that um herbalife will be gone and it's basically now it's his mission to get rid of them because he just basically feels that they are a crooked company that are basically preying on individuals obviously to make profits so yeah you make money uh, so i make money so you make money and it's just on yeah yeah um but apparently it's really good but anyway so um I think, like, my personal opinions are, like, the business model of Herbalife and, that you know, like, not just to pigeonhole just Herbalife, but kind of meal replacement companies. And you could also say the same for the detox shakes, um, basically any multi-level marketing company out there. Their business model is not to sell that product. Their business model is to get reps to sell their products. Yeah. So, like, as an example, just to put it in context, people who don't understand what I'm talking about. I mean, like, Herbalife... Don't, don't don't really care about selling shakes what they care about is finding the next person down the line to sell the shakes so almost if you if you find a herbalife rep trying to um bring you on board as a herbalife salesman that's why because they would get referrals so basically you're passing your profits up the line to the next person so like i say their actual business model is actually just to get more people to sell more more oh, i'm not explaining this very well basically yeah. if if i was a herbalife rep i would get I would have to give a percentage of whatever I make from selling the shakes to the person who hired me. Then I bring Brett on board to sell the shakes as well. So I have to give, Brett then has to give a percentage of his income to me and then I have to give a percentage of my income to the person above. The more people I have working for me, the more percentages of income I get in, the more people they have for them, the more money they get and on and on and on. So if I have 10 people working for me, I'm going to make lots of money. Yeah. So yeah. So obviously the definition of multi-level marketing company. So and that's what their business model is. So the actual reps are not really that bothered about selling shakes. They're bothered about finding the next person to actually sell their shakes. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of one of my biggest problems with it. Not even the fact that obviously it's just you know the, the shakes. There's no scientific backing as to, to you know the shakes actually being a direct reason for people causing weight loss because it's not. Again, it's. Just... You have a meal deal for lunch that's 700 calories, 800 calories. Um, you then replace that with a 300 calorie shake that is then not even, not even that 200 calories, is yeah. less than 200 calories. Yeah. Most of the time. So that's like a five, 600 calories less of the day. If you take 500 or 600 calories out of somebody's daily intake every single day, yeah, there's probably a good chance they're now in a calorie deficit and they're now losing weight. Yeah, yeah. so it's nothing magic it's not- about the shakes again. It's not even that, like, so a lot of the, sh- no, no, sorry, it is even that, but it's not only just that. A lot of the shakes have crappy, poor quality ingredients, loads of, fru- like, the Herbalife shakes got loads of fructose in them. Not that fructose is particularly bad, but, you know, like, in some of the levels of that they're having, you know, it's not going to be ideal for someone's diet. So it's kind of just things like, actually, because it's not required, we know that actually you need a calorie deficit to lose weight, not an actual shake. Then the amount of money they're spending on this sort of stuff is just kind of ludicrous, really. It's just... Mm. Yeah. So much anyway, to be made. I think I think um I lost track a little bit there because I got so angry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now everybody's going and setting up multi level marketing schemes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. If anybody wants to work and sell things for me, get in touch. <laughs> this is that is pretty much it. That is pretty much it. So um let's start yeah. rattling through them, shall we? Yeah. Go on, pick one. Um so keto. Um uh, this is like such a buzzword uh, not even just at the moment just it has been for the last like five years if not longer most people don't do it right because most people don't eat low enough carbs um i can't remember or, the pro- exact... or protein yeah well yeah yeah if you're having like 200 grams of protein a day and like 
70, 80 grams of carbs, you are not in ketosis. So it's not just a low carb diet. It is basically a zero carb, very low protein diet. Um, it's going to give you bad breath. It's going to give you shitty energy levels. Um, and it's going to make you pretty antisocial. Uh, I think the only um, time where you might say keto is beneficial is if you have epilepsy. It is shown in clinical um, scenarios to help reduce the levels of epileptic fits. And that is it. Yeah, yeah. So obviously the way, the way the, obviously like Ed said, I suppose, for those listening, the ketogenic diet, um, the way you're supposed to set it up is kind of, I think it's 60, 70% fat, uh, 20% protein, less than 10% carbs, say, as an example. So, so obviously carbs can be insulogenic. It can obviously, uh, body can convert it to glucose, obviously, and then takes you out of ketosis. Because basically the ketosis is where your body can't run on glucose because you don't feed it any glucose as fuel so it starts to break down fat into ketones to, as energy basically which is like a survival mechanism i guess the best way to describe it, isn't it yeah yeah and like, this is why the protein has to be low as well because um protein can be converted into glucose through a very complex system but it, it can be done um yeah 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 so um what does the research say though ed for keto as, diets yes it's, so so is it is, is it magic it's not magic. Uh, they've shown it with low-carb diets, keto diets. They've shown it with um, high-carb diets and low-fat diets. And providing you're eating in a calorie deficit, it doesn't matter what your macronutrient composition is really at all. Uh, right. Other than protein. So where protein's matched and calories matched, effectively the results are pretty much the same no matter what diet you take. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of the research is fudged on this. So if you do see... Um, I know it sounds a bit like kind of oh no that's wrong because it says something else um, like generally the, a lot of the research is like if you actually read it it is really really fudged um, in the sense of they're they're like comparing a keto diet of somebody in a calorie deficit to somebody in a calorie surplus and saying well keto diets are better because they lost weight yeah but the other people aren't in a calorie deficit so, yeah yeah, and yeah. Literally or, the research yeah all the same the protein thing they haven't matched protein yeah, it's like obviously not that like protein is necessarily the wonder macro, although it is. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just obviously when people eat more protein, obviously one protein goes higher thermic effect of food or feeding. So obviously, basically, it uses more calories to digest than the other macronutrients. Um, so already, you know, kind of if you match in calories and not match in protein, you can see why the thermic effect of food might have an influence on the amount of residual calories you get left over as actual energy, but also uh, uh, has a massive effect on appetite. You know, people eat less when they eat more protein. You know, it's been seen study after study. So, yeah, you can see, like you said, the point you made around uh, the, the some of the research been a bit fudged, the stuff like that. If we don't match it and control those variables, then basically it's not work. The, the results are worthless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yep. So, yes, yeah, so it's not magical. Ketogenic diets, no better than any other diet where calories and proteins are matched. Basically, it works because... Let's be honest, if you're sticking your or result in your diet is have to be 60% fat, how much butter can you fucking eat? You know, you, if you, you're basically taking away so many food choices from people, like they're not going to eat anything. They can't eat, they can't eat a lot of meat. You know, if you're fucking lucky, you might have a bit of cheese. It's kind of like, well, I don't have a lot of food choice here, so I can't stomach a stick of butter. So I'm just not going to eat. And therefore, what does it result in? Not eating as less, so calorie deficit. Yeah. Calorie deficits. There we go. So um, I might be worth touching on the Atkins low carb one because it kind of feels like it fits a little bit. Yeah, cool. So, you go with that. So I guess the difference is um, 
the Atkins diet is a low carb diet, but it's not a ketogenic diet. So you'll have low carb, but not low enough to actually go into ketosis. So, which to be fair, most of the people that say they do keto probably just do Atkins, just do low carb. They don't realize it. They don't have enough lower carbs, as you said, or they're eating too much protein. And it's just basically, cause the thing with like going back to ketosis thing, it's kind of like, well, actually you might spend two, I don't know how long it takes. Is it like a couple of weeks, two or three weeks against ketosis? Something yeah. Like that? Yeah. So if you have like a meal or a day where you're slightly higher carbs and you actually like, yeah. maybe you have some carrots or something, like you're yeah. out of ketosis and it's going to take yeah. another two or three weeks. Start again. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid, isn't it? Um, but um, obviously you don't have a problem with low carb, but like I suppose Dr. Atkins made, was it the 70s or something, he made famous low carb diet, I think it was around the 70s, something like that, uh, I don't really know, I wasn't alive, but um, yeah, essentially just said that eating low carb, um, I don't actually know whether At- the Atkins diet was around uh, or based on the um, uh, insulin model or not in terms of like, you know, insulin causing fat gain or not, whether that's just a fucking Gary Taubes thing. I'm not sure, I don't know. I wouldn't yeah, I don't do that. So. I might, I might the, look into the increased protein, don't they, on the Atkins diet? Uh, yeah. So yeah. basically, yeah, the increased protein. Just again, I think purely because if you're limiting carbohydrates, it only leaves protein and fat you can really eat. Mm. So what you're going to have to eat more of one of them. And obviously, the idea is hopefully that those people don't eat more of one of the other two or a mixture of the other two to actually make up for the fact you've removed carbohydrates. Yeah, there's the always kind of like the, the Atkins joke of you're having steak of chips, take the chips off the plate and put another steak on. Yeah. In hindsight, there's probably more calories in the chips. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, again, doesn't it's, there's nothing special about it. I mean, I just want to speak of, obviously about Aiden again in that he was talking around carbohydrates and the fact that he feels he's got a very sedentary job which I think a lot of people might have the same thing. They think carbs are bad. I can't have them. I don't move around enough to have to have them or, or like you've kind of got to earn your cars, what a lot of people have said before. It's not necessarily the case, um, especially if you are weight training, because I think actually it highlights the fact that high intensity exercise is really glycolytic in terms of that it needs glycogen, glucose, um, which is obviously from carbohydrates to actually perform well. So if you actually want to perform, if performance is a as a requirement, i.e., weight training is quite obviously you most people want to perform well in the gym. Having carbs is quite essential, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think these there's a bit of a fad. I think especially a few years ago, bodybuilders having keto diets and stuff. And I think they're pretty much all stopped now, apart from the odd moron who's been paid to push it. But um, right, J- Jacob Wilson. <laughs> yeah, stop, yeah. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. Then again, he's he's a big big fan of the apple vinegar cider. Yeah, so I think it's just him and Ben Pack that do it, I think. But Ben Pack's like shit, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, saying that, like, he still gets into the Olympia, but whatever. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's what Mexican supplements fit, doesn't it? Is well, that... yeah, if you're taking, like, assisted things, then it's a different ball game, isn't it? So, yeah. Dis- disclaimer I don't know whether he does take Mexican supplements. I just made the assumption he does. <laughs> Not that he's ever going to listen to this. <laughs> Wait, I've called him out so many times on Facebook, like trolled the shit out of his page because his social, his media marketing team, whatever they are, are just retards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, cool. Move right. on. Move on. Low fat. Low fat. Actually, low fat. Low fat. Yeah. Again, pretty much the same as the low carb diets. Exactly the same. You know, you're taking out a food group if you're going really, really low fat. This has more health implications though carbs are not necessary for the diet so you could take out carbs yeah you might feel a bit shit but you are still going to survive you completely take fat out of the diet 
you will probably die. <laughs> um, it's going to fuck your insides up, something yeah. awful. You know, fats have such a role to play in literally most processes in the body that yeah. are important. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got, obviously, fats play such a whole, uh, uh, huge role in vitamin and mineral absorption. Obviously, a lot of them are fat-soluble, so you need fat to absorb vitamins and minerals. So, obviously, it's going to result in deficiencies, hormone levels, sex hormones. It helps in the production of all of those. Cholesterol and, obviously, cell walls, loads of stuff. So, if you're not eating fat, none of these functions can happen. And like you say, for long enough, you will die. Like, acutely, not so much of a problem, but... Obviously, you have a chronic period, yeah, it's going to cause you some, some issues. Yeah, so this is why you always want to keep a little bit of fat in your diet. If you completely, I mean, people go low-fat diet, so they're probably eating, what, like 30, 40 grams, maybe a little bit lower. Um, I think I've managed to get through the day on about 15 grams of fat. Um, I could probably I could probably literally go about 10, 10 grams, maybe, but uh, that's with like eating like turkey and vegetables, basically. Yeah, that's um, a fair point. That's a fair point, though, actually, I think, because you'd be honest, you'd probably struggle to go too low for most people to actually get that low over a chronic period because most foods have some residual fats in. I mean, even oats, everyone goes about, oh, oats are carbs. You don't realize they're about 10% fat or something. Yeah, so it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's quite um, a lot of fat. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I think low fat, zero fat. So if you're trying to do like keto, but the opposite, <laughs> so pretty much like zero fat, then you're an absolute moron. And like we say, eventually, if you do it for long enough, you will die. Um, but short term, you'll probably just like lose your bonus or yeah. something. Um, yeah. no, I, think, I, think, I mean, like, short, short, short term, I think like say like for your mini cut, mm-hmm. like you might actually think a good strategy would be to go pretty low fat, like either minimal levels. So like you might be looking at 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5 grams per, per kilo maybe. So yeah. uh, if you're 80 kilo man, so around the 40, kilo, uh, 40 gram of fat mark, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess that's probably around minimum levels for, for proper function, I think is agreed. Um, yeah, at the end of my uh, prep last year, I was on 30 grams of fat for about four weeks, maybe six yeah. weeks. So, I think you can probably get away with that without too much of a problem. Um, and that's probably a, a reasonably good strategy because obviously calories are the uh, most calorie calories. Deep properly, not enough glucose in my brain. It's that low low carb diet I've been doing. Low carb pizza you had. Only 100 grams, that's all right. Um, no, there's. Um, what was I even saying? Low low calories. Why would I even say low calories? Fat is the most calorie dense macronutrient. Calorie I think you were going to say. Yes, I think, I think that's exactly what you were going to say. say. Thank you, my friend. So yes. So out of three macronutrients, not four. I'm going to say three. Exclude alcohol. Obviously, you've got four calories for protein, four calories for carbs, nine calories. I'm going to do a Ben Coomer then say eight. Nine <laughs> calories per uh, per gram of fat. So obviously. Fats are very cal- calorically dense. So, for the amount of food you're going you're getting, there's a lot of calories involved. So, you like peanut butter, olive oil, butter, like cheese, all of these things are like you, you don't get a lot of food for the amount of calories you're eating. So, actually, when you're dieting and you don't have a lot of calories to spare, it might be a good strategy to put that pretty low. It's basically the, the long winded way I want to get to that point. Yeah. Um, but long term, not a good strategy, going to cause you problems, like we've already said. Yeah, I think this is the issue slightly with everything being low like low fats options of everything like it's fantastic because it does aid you to eat nice foods that yeah. are potentially out of the window when you're dieting like burgers found 70 percent reduced fat burgers and waitress yeah, yeah. i but, do like a greasy burger but it was it was good and that meant i could have two burgers instead of one yeah but on that though you do also have to be careful um and actually it might be worth a little plug for johnny and matt here but obviously they put up a video in their nutrition made easier group so obviously Go over to Facebook, search Nutrition Made Easier. Go join that group if you're not already. Um, but they put up a video about reading labels because I think, obviously, 
it was trying to teach people how to read label food labels um because obviously not everyone knows really what to look for but also one of the points they made is around actually you've got to be a bit careful around marketing and stuff at some labels because low fat sounds brilliant but what you tend to find is a lot of low fat foods have a lot higher carbohydrates added sugars and stuff to make up for the taste because obviously fat tastes brilliant i mean a brilliant example i always use to people is like who likes you like you obviously you love farge total greek yogurt 0 percent yeah yeah everyone loves everyone loves it it's thick it's cream it's delicious if you actually if you go out to a hotel and you have greek yogurt that isn't zero fat oh my fucking days what have i been missing out on honestly it's like the fat content that just makes it into a whole nother level yeah. and that's the prime example of like you know fat makes things taste really good so when you remove it companies tend to think well it tastes like shit now so i've got to add some to it so they do add more sugars and carbs and stuff so you've got to be a bit careful that low fat foods aren't always better for you because often they actually might even contain more calories yeah so yeah. just a little something i think the side point just to kind of go on to because i think it's can easily be missed mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely yeah i think that could be a whole thing talking about food labels because i mean we can go on to like the when things say the high protein and they're like a gram more or something yeah. stupid but let's protein not, protein let's not, mix. <laughs> let's not let's not do it <laughs> um right so don't go have, too we, low done, fat. have we done low fat to death yeah, 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 yeah. Let's move on. Paleo. Paleo. Paleolithic. So this, so this is talking about the, the Paleolithic the Paleolithic times, thinking about what a caveman would eat. That's, you know, your body's designed to be cavemen, so eat what cavemen eat. And, which is ridiculous, because basically you're just going to be eating, like, raw meat and... Woolly mammoth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because you can, can I just... <laughs> can I just throw it, right, like... They're just, just I could almost cut this fucking short now by say like, do they realise that the um, average age of a Paleolithic man was probably or suspected of like twenty five or something? So that's a good reason to fucking eat like that. <laughs> All right, this is probably because most of them got killed by saber tooth tigers, but still, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, go on. Yeah. What point are you making? So I uh, know I was just going to say like you know this is this the time before fire as well before they kind of like realize uh, that you can cook I don't things. know I assume they must cook shit I assume they discovered fire like, by then. when they're like oh this is a paleo brownie it's like okay did you use a mud oven back in the cave <laughs> days like how did you cook That's, that brownie it's, it's raw it's raw, it's a raw brownie yeah yeah no. you don't cook that stuff <laughs> so basically this is just a load of idiots saying that you should be eating nuts and like steak um, and that's it but yeah, just, I mean, follow that. It's a bit like a single ingredient food diet, isn't it? Almost, but, um, it's just the, the extreme. Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say like, um, obviously we're taking the piss out of these diets. Um, and obviously I don't mean to, but I guess some of the positive things that you just say is actually, it does promote sort of a certain level of clean eating and more nutritious foods. Yeah. Yeah, it it is promoting more single ingredient foods, which is fantastic. Um, but it's it's more that the, the piss take comes from the flaws within their own methods. They're like saying, "Oh, this is paleo." Well, it's like, "Well, okay, if you dig into it, no, it's not." Um, basically, they're taking processed foods out, and essentially that's what it is, isn't it? Taking processed right. foods out, eating single ingredient foods. It's not the worst advice in the world. It's actually very, very good advice. The piss take comes by their own methods and their own flaws within their own methods. Um, yeah. But as yeah. a whole, paleo is not a bad idea. It just it just doesn't allow you to be very flexible and it does not allow Ben and Jerry's. So that's why I don't like it. It's out. If it doesn't allow <laughs> Ben and Jerry's, you are out. 
No, I think, I mean, obviously, like paleo is, you're supposed to stick to, yeah, single ingredient whole foods, but you can't have tumors, tubers, tumors, tubers. So, obviously, no potatoes, um, like pretty much no root veg, no legumes. Um, and it, obviously, there's just no, there's no real logic as to why you, you can't, like, what a legume doesn't make you fat. A legume's actually very, very healthy. I suppose when we talk about blue zones later, actually, that's probably a good time to kind of touch on it then, but shows you actually like they're really they're actually a really good part of have a healthy diet mm-hmm. so like you say it's just the fallacies of that whole diet and you know kind of these sort of things where like actually like there is no rationale as to why they would actually make you a, a worse or, or stop you losing weight yeah yeah and if they're going to turn around and say well cavemen were all skinny like if you had to go and hunt for your food every single day and if you had to wrestle like bears and woolly mammoths and stuff just to eat them like you're probably not going to be eating a great deal, so maybe it's the fact that they didn't eat a great deal, that's why they were so skinny. Or the fact that if you were to draw a picture of yourself on the wall, you wouldn't draw yourself fat, would you? You would draw yourself like fairly skinny and muscular. So they were probably all just like little fat messes, but they just draw themselves nicely <laughs> on, on the cave wall. To be fair, mate, yeah, I never thought that. That's very, very uh, mate, it's getting late on a Saturday night. My brain is wandering. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, it's, yeah, I mean, again, like, paleo why might it not work then because well i mean i think the flexibility in it that's that that's one reason somebody might just go i really want this and just go and binge their faces off on it um it the flexibility aspect of it is just not very cool um you can't really go out to a restaurant unless it's like a paleo specific restaurant Um, that's the thing like you you say about the whole binge aspect it's not flexible yeah is you're not but they can have paleo cookies paleo brownies yeah but where'd you find those I don't know, someone's made them. <laughs> you have to go to some, like, I don't know, like, organic vegan festival to find them or something, don't you? Like Whole Foods? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have one of those here. No, no. So, I, yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, I suppose the thing that springs to my mind when I say, what, when does it not work? Well, you know, it's not like you can't get fat on eating nuts and steak and, you know, copious amounts of vegetables or whatever else. I don't know, like, you know, the rest of the stuff that you eat on a paleo diet. It's like, calories count like if you're not in a calorie deficit you won't lose weight even on a paleo diet yeah so you should be miserable and fat instead of just fat yeah yeah <laughs> uh, cool should we take that one off yeah um should we do some crazy ones yeah let's do a crazy one i like a crazy one then we'll go back to something a bit more um because i think there's a couple on here that we could probably spend a lot of time on which obviously how long we've we been recording for mate right like... 45 oh 40 minutes 40 minutes oh that's right let's let's rattle through through because yeah. guys are gonna get bored uh, right <laughs> crazy, crazy one grapefruit diet yeah i like this one i picked this one out so um to be fair you could replace grapefruit with any food because there tends to be i think some of anything like cabbage diet the potato diet actually some dude did do the potato diet it worked really well didn't he did like only eight potatoes for a year and lost something like two stone or something so, or even more i think actually i think it's more pretty sick of potatoes wouldn't you you think so? You know what the funny, the the cool thing about that study was they he didn't even become deficient in anything. <laughs> was he Irish? Only, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, hey, mate. Oh, so it's fucked all the Welsh people off. <laughs> now we're fucking the Irish people off. Oh, god, no listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he, next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he only ate potatoes for a whole year, and he wasn't deficient in anything. I found that amazing, absolutely amazing. But especially like anyway. B twelve and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I mean. Like, if you're not eating meat and stuff, it's like, yeah. How have you got any energy? Yeah. 
you know, just just purely like, and also like, say, be boiled potatoes. Like, you must get a bit like Bubba Gump, but for the potato world, you gotta kind of boil them, fry them, mash them. Oh, yeah, fiber as well. That's, that's just been crazy. Yeah, that's another story, though. Maybe didn't eat the skins. Most of the fibers in the skins, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, true. Just chuck them away, and I'll just eat mash. Mashed potato, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously, just the grapefruit diet. Um, the premise is that you eat a grapefruit either instead of meals. I think, or certainly with meals, because the theory of there are some special enzymes in the grapefruit which help um, break down fat tissues, um, as well as the help you use the energy in the foods more efficiently. So that's why it's supposed to work. Um, they also suggest, although there were some different variants, but they also suggest that you eat it along with uh, healthy meals and exercise. Any thoughts? Well, my thing always is it's a bit like bulletproof coffee. Why do you add calories to lose calories? Um, and also, just like it's just funny. It's exactly like the shake, the the tea diets, the detox diets. It's probably a similar premise as well. Of it's supposed to like detox you or something whilst you're eating the food. Um, the, the 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 special bit is the last bit. Increase your activity. Eat less food. Eat healthier food. And you will lose weight. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, this is like shock horror. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, the same thing. Like cabbage diet, you replace meals with cabbage soup, man. Like, yeah, you're gonna lose weight because you ain't eating shit if you're just eating calorie uh, cabbage soup. You're just gonna be like, I ain't eating that. I'll just go out. But I we were talking about this earlier. I did go to Poland. They eat a lot of cabbage, and I didn't see many fat people there. No, that's because they're all poor though and don't eat a lot of food. <laughs> God. <laughs> hey, it's true. <laughs> oh, no, that's Romania. Sorry. For any Romanians listening, I'm sorry. I have stereotyped massively there. <laughs> but, my, but, my, but my experience of Romania is exactly that. <laughs> Everyone's very poor. Put it this way a guy drove us to an airport, um, like, for, like, for uh, something like something stupid, like a 14 hour drive or something. Um, he would do it because it earned him in that one, one like there and back. The amount of money he paid him was like enough for a week's wages or something. So, wow. Yeah. And what was it like three quid? Yeah, something like that. So, all right, take it off. Get rid of that. Done. It works. It works because you eat better and you exercise more and you skip meals. So, and you probably get um, some vitamins from the grapefruit. Yeah, exactly. Somatotypes. Uh, Somatotypes. Go on. Yeah. Go on. So. Uh, I can't believe people have like made money from this, but basically saying that you can't believe people might have even um, set up a whole nutrition company <laughs> based on your somatotype. Um, <laughs> somatotype <laughs> is the fancy word for it. You might have heard it as like body type, so mesomorph, endomorph, ectomorph. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, so you might have heard that. That's like GCSEPE. So your endomorph is your short and fat person. Ectomorph is your tall, skinny person. Mesomorph is your medium-sized, muscular, athletic person. Um, and basically, some clever sausage said that depending on what your body is like, you should eat certain macros, or mostly certain macros, depending on what your body's like. And I think there's a few kind of like differences in this and, and stuff, but the one that I kind of know about more is, so if you're... Um, short and fat, then you should eat more fats and less carbs. If you're tall and skinny, you should eat more carbs, less fat. And if you're a mesomorph, so you're somewhere in between, then you should eat a bit of both. Now, my argument always is with these, so if I'm tall and skinny, like I was as a child, 
thin wrists, thin ankles and all, all the other um, bits. Uh, and then I put on some muscle. I've gone from being an ectomorph to an, a mesomorph. So does that mean I have to change what I eat because I've put on like a bit of muscle or I'm not quite as skinny anymore? I might have filled out a little bit. Like, why does that mean that I have to change what I'm eating? Um, it just it just baffles me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and is is there any science behind it? Is there any evidence to suggest Literally that? I don't think it's... there's a single shred. Like, I don't think there's any at all. No. Okay, so no evidence, but it's you know someone's managed to create a probably a well living out of it. Mm. Well, for the few years, and now they're a PT. Or looking for a PT job. Lawsuit, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hashtag lawsuit. Um, Can't see Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, all right, well, I suppose it's one of those things, really, like, there's no evidence behind it. So you could argue as well, actually, like, if someone's, well, actually, no, I was about to say, if you could argue, if someone's, um shorter and fatter they should eat more fat you say well actually you know is that right because maybe they're saying oh you should eat less carbs because you're less active um but then you say well actually maybe you should eat more carbs you might be more active and actually burn some more calories (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) or if you're overweight then just eat less in general um yeah oh it's only joking i just i don't want to get the let's get the wrong idea (laughs) um yeah okay basically no evidence just don't follow it it's, uh, to be honest like we don't even want to go into that really anymore do we i think we explained what it is at least and yeah there's there's not a shred of evidence for it chewy um right hormone diet and blood type diet let's just kind of go the same thing you know they're, they're both i think they're both um types of diets where you measure something and then a bit like the somatotypes actually in that you measure something and then you you diagnose an appropriate diet which is best way to lose weight so like a blood type diet might be you're testing someone's blood for allergies or intolerances and therefore you say you can't eat broccoli because broccoli is going to make you hold on to fat stores what are your thoughts on that because everybody got fat from eating broccoli bingo <laughs> move on <laughs> <laughs> that's a legit like example though it's the type of stuff these things throw up like i mean i don't even think there's any research backing blood tests for intolerances let me get this right intolerances yeah um there's there's the research for if you're allergic to stuff so you can have a blood test and it tell you that you're allergic to nuts um or whatever i'm pretty yeah um, yeah and yeah yeah but there isn't for intolerances now if you are intolerant to something like dairy um then you're just going to shit yourself a lot. Like you're going to have the worst bowels ever, and you're going to be and, spending and your life in the, the toilet. The irony of that is you're probably going to lose weight. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're not, you're not going to gain weight. You're probably going to lose weight because you ain't eating shit and you're shitting out a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if you if you if you do have an intolerance to something like that, you're going to be you're going to be losing weight, which is quite funny. It's the same thing with when people say about oh, the gluten's making me fat. Mm. Those gluten's, man. They're dangerous. Probably not making you fat. They're probably making you thin. Yeah. Well, that can go full circle though, because they cut out everything that contains gluten, so all the nice things like bread. Um, you cut all that out, and then you have a few months where you're like, "Oh, this is so good," and then you're like, "Oh wait, I found some gluten-free products." So then you start eating those. So the calories you've taken out 
from not eating things like bread um, and then you go and find gluten-free bread and then you start putting those calories back in and then you don't take any calories out elsewhere so you're just going to put that weight back on and yeah, yeah. that one I think pretty much goes full circle um, although like working in a food produce uh, environment so many people come into me and say oh have you got any gluten-free this this and this and I always say oh are you a celiac because um I just do, I just do, and I, and so many people are like, yes, I'm celiac, right, okay, that's fine, and then some people are like, oh, no, I'm just intolerant, and I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, I mean, obviously, don't, I think there is some research suggesting there is such a thing as, obviously, like, um, non-celiac gluten sensitivities, isn't it? so they're not quite, can be diagnosed with celiac, so obviously, celiac diagnosed by testing the antibodies in their blood, aren't they, to see if they obviously do have an allergy to it, Yeah. Um, and obviously, there are some people that they aren't, when they are tested, they're not celiac but they do that genuinely have symptoms of you know yeah. ibs or, or, or whatever so but i guess um there was also some stuff i read in examine around examine.com around how like placebo tests on, on controlled um trial studies showed that obviously a lot of people had those symptoms even though they weren't given gluten so it shows you really like obviously a lot of it might be all up here for a lot of people yeah yeah i mean if if that helps you it helps you whatever but you know you just you're not going to be eating tasty bread i i've done it i tried to go gluten free for a few weeks just to see if it made me feel any different because you never know and the pasta yeah, was we, chewy the bread was grim um and that was about and your and your and your bank balances were empty <laughs> yeah it was expensive that was as expensive stuff yeah all of it you just put it's like anything you put, like, slap a label on it's expensive mm-hmm. you know gluten gluten free high protein wedding Slap, yeah, christening. <laughs> slap a label on like wedding cake goes from 50 quid to 500 quid just because it's got the word wedding in front of it yeah. but cool um have we done that so, we so basically um it's going to tell you not to eat certain foods which means it's going to take food out your diet which means it takes calories out your diet if you replace those calories with something else then you are in no better place if you do take those calories out of your diet and that food out of your diet and don't replace it, then you might be in a calorie deficit. So, yeah. And I, suppose, and I suppose the GI diet is quite similar in that it's testing or, or I don't know how it works actually, whether they test for specific foods and how they have a GI, like so basically a glycemic index response, uh, sorry, glycemic response rather than based on the GI index. I haven't heard too much about this one. Um, uh, I think I don't know if it's relatively. I know people like avoid high GI foods and stuff because of crazy reasons. Um, well, I think I think yeah. I suppose yeah, I suppose okay. Let's touch on that because it's probably a bit more prominent rather than the test of the GI. So people avoid maybe high GI diets then, say because obviously I suppose the idea is uh, high GI foods spike blood glucose quicker, and then you have a big crash apparently. And then you therefore have cravings, feel tired, need more energy, and you eat more. And obviously, so people try and avoid that kind of up spike and down crash cycles because they feel having a slower release energy then keeps you more alert and awake and therefore you eat less. So I suppose that's maybe the premise of actually, let's talk about that. Yeah, so I just, I don't, personally in myself, I don't feel these effects. Um, I think if you're looking at more a sports nutrition standpoint than saying, right, okay, well, let's have a lower GI food pre-event because um, that's you know, slower releasing and all, all that. And um, so it might fuel you for longer during your event. Like I can understand why you might want to consider that. But I think just for everyday use, I personally do not think you will see the symptoms that much unless you have a slight insulin sensitivity. 
I don't, I, I agree. I don't think there's any research or anything that actually suggests that you do have these crashes and then therefore energy slumps. I think it's just a lot of dogmatic stuff that people put out on the internet. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, if we could get someone like Martin McDonald on it to talk about that, because it'd be, it'd probably be like a really good guy to talk about that. I'm sure he's probably got some opinions on it. Um, because I think actually, isn't it like my personal opinion is that I think it's just your body's actually meant to do that. So when you do have a high spike in blood sugar, your body's meant to bring it down quite quickly. So the idea is yeah. that obviously those nutrients need to be shuttled somewhere to be used or stored to get it out of the bloodstream. Because obviously yeah. it's not too healthy to have in your bloodstream for too long. So actually it should go up and down, but I don't think that affects your mood or energy. Isn't it toxic? It's too much glucose in the blood, it's toxic yeah, to your body? Yeah, you can go into hypoglycemia, can't you? So, um, so obviously, yeah, absolutely. Obviously you, that is, you know, you're supposed to obviously take out. And obviously, to be honest, that's obviously one of the, the huge symptoms of diabetics. Obviously, if you don't control themselves properly, while they have such issues with circulation and end up losing legs and arms and stuff like that. So um, it's important your body does that. It does have these big, when you have big spikes, to actually reduce it quite quickly because obviously that's the whole point of its mechanism. Yeah, and if you have a so, massive spike as well, it's probably down to the volume that you're eating as well. Um, you know, you're not going to have like one, a couple of grams of something that's high GI and then you're going to have this like massive yeah. spike that's going to kill well, that's, you. That's, that's <laughs> exactly, that's the glycemic load, not even the glycemic index. Yeah, like you yeah. say, you, the load has to take into account the volume of what you're eating, not just the, the, the actual response. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm sure Martin has spoken about this before in terms of um, the slumps and the tiredness isn't anything to do with the glycemic response. It's to do with, what is it, postprandial solemnness. I can't even never say that word. But basically, essentially, you know what it's like when you have a massive roast dinner and you sit there, and you're tired, and you're like, oh, I just want to go to sleep now on the sofa, because basically your body's using all its energy to digest that food. Yeah. It's not to do with the fact that you had a slump, in, and like your, your blood sugar's crashed. It's nothing to do with that. Yeah, I always kind of explain that as like, think about your your blood's kind of, this is probably so incorrect, but the way I kind of explain <laughs> it to people is, instead of your like blood being rushed to all your muscles and stuff, like it's going from there, and it's trying to help your stomach out and your digestive system, so it, like you're feeling limp and tired because, yeah. you know... No, I think that's right, yeah. I think that's so, right, yeah, yeah. It, it might not yeah. be, like, perfect, and it'd be probably better to speak to um, somebody who's a like bit more anatomy, <laughs> but that's the way I've always explained it, like, your, your blood's not in your muscles as much, so you feel limp and tired because you haven't got that kind of... Yeah. Um, you, I suppose you've got... You've also got, obviously, the fact that if you're eating a big meal, there's a, probably a very good chance it's going to have a very high carbohydrate content as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously, eating carbohydrates stimulates serotonin um, uh, response and obviously tryptophan as well. And obviously, both of those are quite relaxing um, or relaxants, aren't they? So, yeah. you obviously, you all feel – that's why having carbs at bed is awesome because it just makes you tired and relaxed and sleepy and just drift off nicely. Yeah, definitely. So, so it's all those. So I don't think it's got anything to do with the glycemic index. So trying to avoid high glycemic foods – futile and idiotic in my opinion yeah yeah unless you're like in the olympics and you're doing like marathons or something then yeah oh, <laughs> before, before, before you say, i think it's, it's, it's worth considering something because yeah. what you don't want to do is eat a load of rice cakes and then crash out because you know you've had a load of really quick sugars um quick digesting sugars and obviously you then run out of energy because they've just been and gone yeah you, know, you might want something that's a bit low on the gi index but even then you know how often do you have because obviously we've talked about this for quite a while but actually um Another point is how often do you only have a specific food with a specific um, glycemic index? Yeah, uh, unless you're like one of these strange people who doesn't like a lot of food <laughs> and yeah. you only eat potatoes or something, I don't know. Because yeah. um, you, you normally have it with protein and fat. So all yeah. of a sudden that, that, that meal glycemic index and load is just completely different. So it almost makes it irrelevant. 
yeah, well, saying that, when I was a teen, I did have a girlfriend, shout out to Emily, um, who only ate, I did have a girlfriend, yeah, uh, she only ate smiley faces, you know, those little potato smiley faces, yeah. awesome. uh, super noodles, bacon flavor, I think, awesome, and awesome. pepperoni pizza, so her carb, her diet was very carb based. Um, did she like tall skinny men? I was shorter than her. Really? Wow. That's what, well, she needed tall, skinny men then. Yeah, yeah. And because I hadn't grown yet, I hadn't. I was like, I was tall and skinny when I was up to about ten. And then I stopped growing for about five years, um, and I got a little bit chunky. Um, and then I grew again when I was like sixteen. So, yeah, and I split up with her when I was sixteen. <laughs> so. Well, she's missed the best edge. The she best edge now. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Let's Your on. choice. Uh, should we well i'm just thinking of time we're getting up to the hour mark now we've probably got nobody listening to us or everybody's in stitches of laughter because we're so funny um and they're not listening because they're laughing too much. <laughs> <laughs> um should, should we i think we pretty much nailed the list yeah uh, i mean we can talk about intermittent it, fasting quickly and not go on to too much of a tangent no okay intermittent fasting i'll go um so basically shortening your window of eating so intermittent fasting you know exactly as it sounds so it works for some people because you effectively can uh increasing the sorry decreasing the amount of time you can eat therefore increasing the concentration of calories in that time period so therefore you will feel longer and generally during the fasting periods most people can deal with the hunger and not feel too much about it so it works pretty well so inevitably that's well you know it's inevitably but it should hopefully mean that you eat less calories overall during the day and create a calorie deficit yeah, nice, nice, nice and concise. And I think most people tend to do it from uh, stop eating mid-evening and then fast through till lunchtime the next day. I have heard of a few cases where people like stop eating mid-afternoon and then fast until breakfast. Um, yeah. But like, who doesn't eat an evening meal? Like, that's crazy. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm always kind of like, when I'm dieting, I use it a lot and I will skip breakfast and start eating at lunchtime. Yeah. And obviously, so it just shortens my window from, say, 1 o'clock till 9 o'clock at night. That's when I like my eating period or window. I suppose one thing you just need to consider training. So if you train in the morning, don't skip breakfast. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, you hear the whole oh, drink BCAAs if you're doing that to keep your Lewis in top top and stuff. But at the same time, like if you value your training, then you are going to want to maybe have a little bit of something before it, and you're definitely going to want to have something after it to help with your recovery. Um, so if you're training at six a.m. and you're not eating till lunchtime, like that's just ludicrous because you've missed yeah. out on two protein servings and think of all the recovery you've just lost yeah and obviously i mean i suppose don't do what one well-known fitness professional said at body power in that if you're intermittent fasting and you're uh, skipping breakfast but training in the morning have a carb drink <laughs> yeah drink drink sugar um because you're still fasted right so when people yeah. say oh well i have a coffee i have a black coffee well you're not fasting then because there's about 10 calories in that coffee so uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's the other <laughs> extreme. It's like, really? It's kind of... um, to, to be honest, to, to a extent, actually, you just brought me up on something, and obviously, I know we said we went off on a tangent, but um, I actually probably don't intermittent fast, actually, because I always have a shake. Yeah, so you could actually say, say. Protein, a protein spare modified fast, really. Yeah. yeah, this is literally what I was about to say. So obviously, like, if you eat 6,000 calories in your lunch till dinner time um, window, then you are not going to be in a calorie deficit, unless you're like, 200 kilos yeah yeah like <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you're probably not going to be in a calorie deficit so 
if you like absolutely I, i've done this before i fasted till about six o'clock at night and then i've eaten three thousand calories between that and like going to bed and i was no longer in a deficit so it was kind of pointless suffering till six o'clock um but you know it's still there it still matters about calories but like you just said if you care about your muscle composition your muscle mass and building tissue and retaining tissue especially when dieting um, you might want to think about having a protein serving when you wake up um to you know to spike muscle protein synthesis and to hopefully retain a bit more muscle one two percent difference um i'm pretty sure the research isn't overly um strong on this but if you consistently skip breakfast and you're going like i don't know however many hours since your last day it could be um especially if you're very lean it could be non-beneficial towards retaining your muscle mass yeah there's definitely research around it having a positive effect on muscle protein synthesis and the obviously the net um positive amount between synthesis and breakdown it's just whether what does that mean in real terms i.e did you grow or retain more muscle because of it you did it long term. i think that's where this is a bit skeptical in terms of how much of a benefit is but like you say if it's only one or two percent why would you not do it exactly yeah i'm all about those one percents because i need them (laughs) yeah same same cool right let's Um, wrap it up on the last one shall we yeah i think it'd be nice to touch on weight watch and slim world only because they're so popular yeah so if if we could kick off on that so um, do you want to take it? Do you want to explain what it is? Uh, do you want to go Weight Watchers first? So this this effectively like, huh? Pretty much the same, aren't they? They're not the same. Yeah, unless you. Yeah. Well, I was going to talk about the point system in Weight Watchers. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, Weight Watchers has a point system. You have so many points a day. Each food has a different amount of points. Um, if you go over your points, then you have to do exercise, which are also worth like minus points, I suppose. Um, uh, that could be completely wrong, but that's pretty much as I understand it. Um, yeah. These points are essentially like calories, so maybe 10 points is a 1,000 calories, however it works. Um, so essentially it is calorie counting without naming calories calories. They're just putting points instead. Um, it doesn't really look at macronutrients, I don't think. It doesn't look at your kind of types of foods that you're eating, I don't think, too much. Um, but it is a good way of starting off with calorie counting. I don't know whether some of them, the points are kind of weighted, depend upon the macros, unless that's Slimming World. I don't know. Um, I think there is like basically if it contains sort of higher protein, they're less points almost because they figure it's going to have an appetite um, suppressant for some people. And I don't know. I think I think there is some science behind the macros. I think it's just purely calories, but I'm not yeah, an expert. Yeah. So. yeah, I think Matt probably knows a bit more about that because I know he's in a lot of Slimming World groups for research and picking up chicks, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, he's engaged now, mate. Come yeah, on. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think he probably knows a little bit more, but, you know, essentially that's what it is. I think the, the good thing about these sorts of things is they are kind of group orientated. Like, we've all seen Little Britain, oh. Fat Fighters. Uh, you go to the group and sit there on your way in and stuff. And, like, and from clients that I've had that have done Slimming World and things like that, they have liked the group atmosphere. It's like why you, have, especially yeah. females, it's why you have so many females going to group classes because they like kind of the social, I suppose. And um, accountability of groups, yeah. Yeah, massively, massively. Um, and this is something I'm trying to try and touch on in my own coaching is that kind of accountability and group work. And because um, it's so interesting and it, it works so well. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I think, I don't think if you're about to get on it, so if I'm still in your funder, sorry, but obviously the fact that they do have some sort of point system which restricts the amount of calories people can eat then it kind of two things one obviously it will hopefully promote calorie deficit which we know is the be all and end all of losing weight pretty much um and also it 
probably encourages people to eat a bit better so better quality or healthier foods because obviously the points are weighed obviously a lot more in favor in terms of being able to eat more food when you have something you consider more healthy rather than having a snickers bar and wasting most of your points and then going hungry yeah so it does encourage eating kind of better quality foods as well yeah yeah definitely i think the the biggest gripe i've heard about people who especially done slimming world i don't think i've had any clients that have done weight watchers but definitely slimming world is it doesn't teach you anything um it doesn't teach you how to survive on your own out in the wild afterwards um i think i think it's the same with weight watchers because obviously if you're aligning points to stuff the second you go outside of that what do you do yeah you don't know you have no education to think well i don't know how many points this is this because it's outside of what you know what i know so yeah 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 and i, I think I, you know i have spoke to a few clients and i've picked up a few clients from that and they have said you know i, I don't know what i'm doing now I've, I've, i'm lost almost so yeah i think like there's a couple of things that i have gripes with so one is that exactly that they're lost don't have any education when they lose um i get so angry and annoyed by the fact that people seem to blame the, themselves it's not the diet it's myself i stopped doing it so therefore you know, I need to get back on it and get myself back up. And they just end up in a vicious circle. Like we've all seen it, people going on and off of Slim World or on and off of Weight Watchers their entire lives, just going kind of blaming the diet, uh, sorry, bl- blaming themselves, not the diet, and just kind of just going around these constant circles. And they're paying, obviously, people for the almost the benefit of doing that. Mm. Um, so that's kind of my thing. That's why I'm so passionate about education and obviously through my coaching, like almost coaching people to leave. You know, like you don't need this for your life. You get an education so you can go off and do your own thing. Yeah. That's kind of one of the, the main things that I think coaches should do. Um, the other thing I was going to say is also, I don't think it's Weight Watchers so much, but Slimming World obviously have all these free foods, which yeah. are an absolute nightmare, for, in my opinion. It's like cheap meals and stuff, isn't it? It's yeah. a similar thing. It's, it's potatoes are free food. Like, yeah, I could potatoes, fat pasta, from eating too many food. eggs. Mm. Yeah. You know, all these things that, you know, they're not, I wouldn't say necessarily they're calorically dense, but they're not exactly low calorie. No, it's and not like the, saying cucumber, is it? No, exactly. So you can quite easily overeat. Like if you're saying so, basically, um, potatoes free. So go eat as much as you like. Most people, in my opinion, will probably go and have quite a lot of potato when they're hungry. Yeah. And therefore, probably a good chance they're going to get themselves out of a calorie deficit and not lose any weight. Yeah. Now I, I wonder whether that's actually part strategy because obviously, Slim World and Weight Watchers wouldn't exist if people had education and didn't need them anymore. Yeah, which is no integrity, but it makes money and they make a lot of money. Yeah. So when so when people like kind of get some results but stops, they maybe stop the slim world stuff because they're downheartened. Obviously, go a bit of time, then think oh, I've got to get back onto it. Something's got to happen. They come running back. It's almost like a a good revolving business model for those companies. Yeah. That's kind of why I think, like you say, there's no integrity, and I have such a big problem with it. But yeah, yeah, can't comment them on. But it's not a bad, terrible thing in the end, I suppose. Um, yeah yeah cool. cool i think um we've rambled enough about all of those mate <laughs> so we're gonna have no feature this week have we we've got no feature so we'll cut short i think people have listened to us enough um do you want to end on like obviously hopefully people have seen the trend all the way through i don't know if you want to just kind of finalize it with a little yeah end. yeah so kind of one last one we sort of thought about was blue zone diets now this is not something anybody's particularly heard of too much and i know i hadn't heard of it until i started sort of learning more about nutrition and stuff and uh yeah so blue zone diets is a uh, i can't even remember how many there are but basically there's it's a load of like tribes and stuff all across the world who where people live the longest and have the best got, yeah got, sorry i was just gonna say they've got sorry mate, i was just gonna say they've got the highest uh concentration of centenarians yeah yeah yeah, so yeah people, so. people live to 100 mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, I mean, we could look at it at that and say, well, there's only 30 people in that group and they've got one. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, so uh, basically it's people who they're eating a well-balanced diet. They're not over consuming processed foods because they don't have access to them. They're eating a moderate amount of protein, whether it be lean meats or fish. They're eating plenty of fruit and vegetables because that's pretty much all that's available to them. They're active because they're out foraging, building stuff and whatever else they do. Um, so they're active. They eat fruits and vegetables. They have a moderate amount of protein. They don't eat much processed food. So their calories are essentially in check. Um, and this is why they're living to be 100 and whatever else. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. No, it's exactly that. It's, you know, like actually, I think some of them actually, the Blue Zones, didn't even eat that many fruit and vegetables, if I remember. Can't remember what tribe it was, but I think it was like, um, I can't remember the name of the tribe, but obviously I think they were based, uh, based essentially Eskimos based in like Alaska and stuff. And they lived off whale blubber and blood, basically, that sort of stuff. So obviously they had a very high fat and protein diet, very low carb, almost no fruits and vegetables. Yet a lot of those are living to really old ages. Um, and obviously having very low rates of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, metabolic health, all this stuff, um, purely because the things you said, they don't overeat, they move a lot, they exercise a lot. Um, yeah, that's, and that's kind of it really, isn't it? It's like yeah. crazy. Oh, like you say, drop the mic, that's, that's all you've got to do. So um, yeah, I think hopefully the, the, the trend you'll see for there to lose weight, you need a calorie deficit. It's not difficult, is it? It might be difficult to find it if you don't know how to do it, I suppose. Yeah. And, it's, and, it, and, and it's difficult to stick to it as well, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. It depends on how steep of a deficit you're in. If you're trying to be like in like a thousand calorie deficit like I am at the moment, like I'm not going to be keeping this up for much longer because it's tough. Um, or, or water fasting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you, I think with dieting, if you can't see, it depends on how much you've got to lose. If you only want to lose a stone, then you know, can you be doing this still in two months' time? If you've got a lot to lose, um, can you be doing this in six months' time, 12 months' time, 18 months' time? If whatever you're doing now isn't sustainable for a long period of time, um, then it's probably not going to work long term. Um, so you've got to find something that works for you. Yeah, and that, that does is goal dependent, I suppose. Because if your goal is to short term weight loss, then actually some of these things might work pretty well for you. Yeah. Um, you know, like a drastic mini cut, as an example, like an aggressive mini cut works pretty well. You know, you're not going to be able to do that for five, 10, 20 weeks or, you know, for the rest of your life. But actually, to, to dramatically cut some weight right now works pretty well. Yeah. Obviously, that's where you have the education to move on to something different. Obviously the problem lies when people try these drastic things but don't have a, like almost a plan B once that thing's over. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is when we go back to full circle, prioritizing your goals, what we spoke about at the start. Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, big thank you, everyone. If you're still listening, this is a long one, longer than we expected, but I think we've um, debunked and also talked about a lot of things of why they work and actually why some of them might be quite good as well or, or why you actually might want to use them. So um, anything else you want to want to touch on, mate? No, it's quarter to 11, Saturday night. I'm going to bed. <laughs> cool. Well, let's uh, push the old button. Press that button. We'll speak to you next week i suppose bye so thanks for listening to the no nonsense nutrition podcast we'll speak to you all next week